Well, hey, everybody, we are back. I know it's been a few weeks since we've been back. You can blame Justice for that, but that's okay. But you know what, though? The scriptures say. Oh, boy. <laughs> I don't know what the scriptures say. Yeah. I know it ain't my fault. Sometimes Satan gets in, you know? I'm not saying he's in me. I'm just saying in the situation. Before you, know? you dig yourself any more, hole. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back to the takeover. We're in season five. You know, we are coming at you with with hard-hitting but real situations and things that we can talk about. As usual, I'm your host, Marcellus, and I'm sitting here with my co-host who just tried to tell you a scripture he doesn't know. Yes, and who is number one on the mic chart, Justice Brown. Yep. Justice Brown. Mm-hmm. You know what, Justice? We have a esteemed special guest with us today. So why don't you introduce our guest and, and let people know what we're going to talk about today. Well, today we have a life-altering, ground-shattering word for the masses. But of course, how can you have that without bringing on a very important person? Might I introduce my grandfather, Dr. Lonnie W. Brown. Praise God. (laughs) What a thrill it is to be here today. Y'all got a very provocative topic. We have a very provocative topic today. I'm eager to dive into it. Uh, we've been chewing on this for weeks, Pastor, so we're ready for you today as well. Hallelujah. Uh, you know, we, we're going to talk about purpose again today, Justice. You know, we our last episode, we kind of touched the surface of it. We talked about purpose. We talked about dreams. We talked about the simulator series. That, and now it's like, well, let's get Pastor on here so we can get some more insight to what purpose is for us as a group today, as a group of believers but also individually if people are struggling to find purpose. Um, and, and since we're starting with purpose, Justice, why don't you uh, start with words in different light and give us, give us the acrostic and definition and then you know, we can get some insight on the man who wrote it. Yes, yes, yes. So uh, I know this is not anything new to Dr. Brown, but to most of us, uh, here's kingdom purpose. Kingdom purpose is a predetermined understanding regulating your potential by operating to serve your eternal design kingdom purpose is the predestined power of order that prepares your design by promoting your destiny to execute with the thought of benefiting others as they experience your utility that creates a better quality of life for all involved well i tell you that sounds like a lot to me yes so, it does. oh pastor Oh, break it down for us. You know, th- this is really interesting. In in words in a different light, there, there's two mm-hmm. definitions for this. And I was, I had to do that because I'm a chaplain assigned to Kettering University. And when you're in that kind of environment, um, there is some challenge as to how much kingdom ease can be shared. And uh, so in the, in the interest of having the students truly get the kingdom message, I had to alter that kingdom definition a little bit. Okay. The, the original one, in words in a different light, was just a little different. Mm-hmm. It was uh, the, uh, let me back up here. It is the providential power of God that promotes your destiny the providential power of God that promotes your destiny. And I'm going to use this, your and mine, uh, because we have to communicate with each other. Mm-hmm. 
you know, we're, we're not in heaven, we're still on the planet. And so when I began to operate uh, in purpose or destiny, then it is referred to as mine. Uh, and, and, and I have to do it that way. Otherwise, we won't be able to communicate and, and there'll be a full comprehension of what's, you know, what's, what's being transmitted. Mm -hmm. But the real, the, the intent of this, when we go back to that original definition, providential power of God. So I, uh, I looked at 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 12, to, to set the, uh, the backdrop for this, if you will, when I say, that it's not my purpose, mm -hmm. it's not my destiny. Uh, I want to cast that in a way so that it's understood from a kingdom construct. As we're talking to people, you understand that while it isn't yours, you expect it to operate in it and own it like it is yours. Okay. And 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 12, all things are lawful unto me, but all things are not expedient. All things are lawful for me, but I will not be brought under the power of any. Mm. nothing on the planet I won't be brought under power of, even the concept of what my purpose is or what my destiny is. Sometimes when we take, when we make this thing so personal, you're asked to function in a certain way and you say no because that's not my purpose. That's not my destiny. It's not my design. And if that's accurate, then any one of us could opt out of anything at any given moment mm. because it doesn't fit our purpose or our design. And, uh, and he goes on to talk about uh, some some very destructive things, uh, uh, people that, that want to maybe become a vegetarian or not. Uh, and then our bodies, uh, are they really our bodies? Verse 15, know ye not that your bodies, and he says your bodies, are members of Christ. Are, are, excuse me, are the members of Christ. Shall I then take the members of Christ and make them the members of a harlot. So this is sexual abstinence. And then he says, uh, verse 17, uh, verse 16, what know ye not that he which is joined to a harlot is one body, for two saith he shall be one flesh. But he that is joined unto the Lord is one spirit. Flee fornication, every sin that a man does. And this is not a lesson in moral purity, but I have to say this to really give an understanding of what I'm taking onus for. Is this really my body? Mm. If this is not my body, then is it really my purpose? Mm. Uh, verse number 19. What? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which you have of God, and you're not your own. Wow. I'm not my own. If I'm not my own, how can I have my own purpose? How can I have my own destiny if I'm not my own? But this is this is kingdom language, and I realize that while many of us are in the church and we believe we're in the kingdom, we don't really understand kingdomese. Uh, when you're in, uh, let's go back to medieval times, when you were uh, a citizen of England and the king of England uh, was presiding, your property ain't even yours. Mm -hmm. He can come and take it if he wants to mm -hmm. in those feudal systems. Uh, for verse 20, now, now here, here's the thing that really helped me. For you are bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body. He says it again, your body. In your body. But he said up here, you're, it's not yours. <laughs> but you got to glorify God in yours, in that which, you, which is perceived to be yours, that you own. 
glorify God in it and in your spirit, which are God's. They say, which is, are, meaning more than one, which are God's, your body and your spirit. All that's God's. So now, having said that, when I look back at this definition that I had to write for Kettering and the original one that was for the kingdom, the providential power of God, the providential power. What is purpose? The providential power of God, a predetermined understanding, regulating your potential, operating to serve your not internal, eternal design, eternal design. So when I think about purpose, I can't think about it like I own it. It's on loan to me from God. And he wants me to use it in the way that he said it should be used. Uh, I can't even determine what my purpose is. This chair I'm sitting in didn't determine its purpose. I did when I sat in it. And who defined it? The one who created the one who made it. He made it a chair, and I could use it for a whole lot of things. I could use it to stand up and change a light bulb. I can use it to uh, uh, hold a door open. Miles and Ross said years ago, when purpose is not known, abuse is inevitable. So if I'm truly going to understand, quote, my purpose, purpose, I better go back to the one who created me and ask him, what is the purpose for me being on the planet? What do you want me to do? How do you want me to do it? And once I get a bearing on that, I can see how better I can fit into a whole scheme of things, design, destiny, purpose, all that stuff. All that kind of dovetails back into the kingdom. And uh, and in the kingdom, the king determines what you're going to do, when you're going to do it, and how you're going to do it. I don't know if that's going to be confusing as we move forward. Uh, that's, you know what? That's good because you, you what I heard, one of the things that I heard is even though it's not yours per se, God is giving you this governance over it on this earth, right? Yes. And so we have to yield ourselves and our our purpose to him but we have to i'm thinking and we have to be careful once even once we find that purpose because we can take that purpose in our minds and go somewhere with it that 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 isn't part of the design yeah and if we do that then we we could be we can know the purpose and know what we're supposed to do and still mess up i can't tell you how many times i've done that Mm. you know um Hey, I wish I could sit here and tell you I've never done that. I've always known. Uh, then, then I'd be looking for the lightning bolts to flash <laughs> and all that other kind of crazy stuff. No, we're ever learning and hopefully coming to knowledge of truth. Follow on as we uh, follow. We know as we follow on and know the Lord. His ways are past finding out. So what I'm learning, what I'm learning is I was thinking about this uh, as I was getting ready to come today, the impetuousness of youth and the patience of the old. God wants the young and the old to work together. See, if you don't have any drive, which we call youthful zeal sometimes, impetuousness, but it's not a criticism. It's it's the developmental phase of that young person to desire to, to he called the young man because he's strong. Mm-hmm. When you try to harness a, the strength of a young man, you're turning him into an old guy. Mm-hmm. And you don't need two old guys that's got to pick up a refrigerator. <laughs> <laughs> no, <that's right. laughs> you need some young legs in a refrigerator. Now, what you what you do with that, because we picked up a few refrigerators, we can tell you the best way to do that. Mm-hmm. When you're young, sometimes you're in Petrus, you ain't, you ain't ready for no instructor. Let's just grab it. And we'll, we'll, we'll hold up, son. Hold up, hold up. I, you know how many refrigerators I picked up? My back 
is what it is right now because I wouldn't listen to those guys who told me how to pick it up. Now, you probably can grab it and carry it by yourself. You won't pay for it now, but you will later on. Amen. We want you to be strong a long time. Do not replicate my ignorance by your youthful arrogance. Mm. Don't do that. Let's work together. I'll get down here with you and watch what I'm doing. Use your legs. Yeah. <laughs> you know, let's, let's come up on this thing together. If you don't understand the anatomy and physiology, uh, then you will abuse its purpose and it will hurt you later on. God designed these bodies for a specific purpose, not to be abused, abused by youth and not used by old. <laughs> you could despise that wisdom and be trying to do the right thing. I remember when we moved to this building, I was trying to do the right thing. The audio uh, video had this big, long desk and it was pretty heavy. And I, I remember on three, we're going to lift it. And that, that first lift sent my back over the head. Wow. And I was like, okay, Lord, I'm here trying to help. <laughs> and, uh, I'm done because I can't, I can't, my back is out. And it was like, well, you didn't do it right. You know what I'm saying? You knew you, you, knew you had to use your leg. Yeah. You know, you knew what you were supposed to do, but you didn't do it. And uh, so even trying to do the right thing or, or in the right place at the right time, doing the right thing, if you operate outside of the wisdom that's been shared uh, by older people who've done it before, we can still get in trouble, which is kind of why Justice and I do this program together because you know, it was... Uh, oh, he's he smiling. Yeah, he got nervous. He thought I was going to tell some secrets. But uh, I'll leave you alone today. But yeah, it was... Okay. it was The idea was initially, this whole program, the idea was going to be me doing a takeover. But when we when, right before the first episode, I'm like, nah, I need... This is, this is what you're going to eventually take over. Right. You know, and, and so we got to start working you into that little by little and uh, piece by piece. And in the beginning, he was real timid. Didn't really want to say much, just kind of, you know, read the scripture off the screen. But now he's gotten to the point where he he wants to be uh, a contributor. So why don't you uh, tell him how we started with this topic anyway and what, what account from the Bible that we went with? Well, before that, um, I want to respond, but to what you just said. <laughs> of course. <laughs> um, it wouldn't be justice. And kind of rebut to what you just said, too. Rebut? As a young person, I think. Um, receiving instruction like that is at first it can be extremely frustrating very frustrating I think that's what a lot of young people uh, are so you're not through. really rebutting you're explaining right okay, okay. <laughs> See, see what, I'm just kidding I'm just kidding hallelujah we'll get jacked but, up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, when we first started working together I mean this no Leave me alone, Marcellus. Leave me alone. Stop it. Even when we were doing the announcements, it was just like, why? Why? But I understand now why. I took a speech class, and um, I gave a speech, and they applauded everybody. But I felt like my applause was kind of real, you know? Uh, it really it really uh, developed me for what I'm doing. Right? I don't know if I would be in this spot that I'm in right now if... I hadn't listened to the instruction or sometimes they force instruction on you, but it's important for your development. That's all I'm saying. Amen. amen. I'm just going to say amen. I'm good. I'm better now. Well, it started. Let me, let me say this pastor. We, we, I, I asked justice a question. We were sitting in the, because I had been looking at the account of Joseph 
And I asked Justice a question. I said, "Who? How would you describe Joseph?" And I said, "I'm not talking about Jesus' dad. I'm talking about <laughs> I'm talking about coat of many colors, Joseph." And uh, you know, naturally, his answer went to that of a dreamer. And I and we had a discussion. I said, "Well, let's go back and look at it again." And uh, go ahead, Justice. Let's 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 cover it real briefly. For we don't have to tell Pastor obviously the story, but <laughs> he's read the Bible way more times than we have. Just saying. So. Combined. Probably times ten. Ten. Oh, but <laughs> how many, many times you don't read the Bible? Well, okay. Exactly. I'll just, I'll just... <laughs> exactly. <laughs> okay. Anyways, wait. Uh, this is good. <laughs> let me let me uh, give you the simplified version, okay? Um, so, obviously, Joseph's father he gave him a coat of many colors. Joseph had two dreams uh, that were interpreted to mean that his family would eventually you know bow down to him uh the brothers got upset they sold him into slavery uh sold they the people he, he was sold to sold him to potiphar um joseph was made chief administrator over potiphar's house now i do want to note that it does say in the bible that that god was with joseph and god was the reason that joseph was prosperous Okay, even Although, as a slave, right? Even as a, as a slave, that's a, that's a that's a big statement, right? That's that's a that's early in the story. That's that's yes. chapter thirty nine. That's that's early in this to say that the Lord is with them and He was prosperous while He was a slave in the house of Potiphar. That's I don't know. That's just struck me as, as very important. Yeah, I mean, it struck me too. It struck me too. Yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> but Pastor Brown, grandfather, uh, can you please shed some insight on uh, how being a slave was considered? Uh, prosperous. I think what Brother Marcellus pointed out, the fact that he was prosperous as a slave, because Western civilization, particularly Americans of African descent in America, we can't even process in our brain a prosperous slave. When we look at the insidious uh, human trafficking is really what it was, that they call slavery. Mm -hmm. That wasn't slavery, it was human trafficking, it was awful. Uh, so we can't even compare that to what was happening in Joseph's days. Slaves then were treated with dignity, with respect. Uh, it wasn't an uncommon thing to have a slave and, and to see a slave in the marketplace, walking free. Uh, they knew that they were not their own. And this is really what the concept in Romans, I mean, Corinthians is all about. You're not your own. You are really a slave to God. Mm. And, and, and if I say that, and, and people hear me say that without the explanation of 1 Corinthians is, no, I'm not. I ain't nobody's slave. Well, then you will never be submitted to God. You're not your own. You've been bought with a price. So the idea of being purchased from our standpoint here in America, looking back at that again, that horrific, insidious behavior of human trafficking, I, I'm, I'm almost challenged if you even call it slavery. Mm. It, it, that, that wasn't slavery. There was nothing about that with slavery. It was, it was awful. It was awful. There were slaves in Africa, mm -hmm. tribes that slaves mm -hmm. that weren't treated like this. Mm -hmm. So if you're borrowing that concept and bringing it to the to the Western Hemisphere, and you're calling it the same thing, you know, you can stay in a garage for three days. It won't make you a car. You know, you cannot uh, replicate something, duplicate something for which you have maligned and twisted and calling it something. It, 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 you 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 erase the dignity of this thing. God, in fact, the Old Testament talks about how you ought to treat slaves. 
the New Testament talks about how you treat slaves uh, with, with dignity. They call them servants sometimes. And in many respects, the servant was was a slave. Doulos. Uh, it, it, it's a, that's a whole other thing. Excuse that's me, good, though. Excuse me for digress. No, that's good because <laughs> I, hadn't, I hadn't even put that together with why people have so much hard time understanding these scriptures that talk about slavery. You, you look on social media and you hear people or you see people talk about Christianity being about slavery. But not understanding that when when the Bible is speaking to these slaves, they're not talking about what what Americans went through for right. for those years. They're not talking about being treated like animals and right. and uh, literally masters trying to trying to break you. That's what they were doing, but right. breaking. And that's that's not what this was. No. So if you read that without context, and this is another side note, why it's important to get out to hear the preacher. This is why you have to assemble. Because mm. if you read that on your own and you don't have a revelation, now all of a sudden you got a different understanding that that is not even supposed to be there. Because you're attributing that to that your your experience, your 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 anecdotal evidence from the United States of America, where that's not what the revelation is. Because if you don't have that First Corinthians understanding, yeah, then this is a whole different thing. You you've blocked out this whole portion of the scripture because you you saw the word slave, yeah. Think about it, uh, Marcellus. Human trafficking is not only is it criminal, it is inhumane. You, know, you, you look at a group of people and you're sitting in a car looking at them. I'm going to take them and sell them. That essentially is what happened. Uh, our ancestors were taken and sold. We, we, we were not our own, truly. Mm. We were bought with a price. Mm but not from the standpoint of the kingdom of God. So when I'm, when I'm taken captive like that and I have no freedom, and in fact, in the, in, in the Old Testament, New Testament, there were points where a slave would get his freedom mm -hmm. every seven years. Mm -hmm. uh, and if a guy continued to want to be a slave, then, and, and why would a guy want to still be a slave, you know? If, if you're going to be chained and beat right. and people want to take your children, go in and rape your wife, who would want to? Right. So obviously it wasn't like that. Correct. So in a, and if a guy wanted to do that, then he was uh, to be taken to a, a place where they would take a, a, a thing and bore a hole in his ear. And that earring would tell everybody who he was connected to and nobody in their right mind would mess with you mm. because your owner would take take uh, take care of you, mm -hmm. and so when I see guys wearing earrings and all, it's a whole different thing. Whole different. <laughs> <laughs> that is a digression who, right who, there. Who owns you? <laughs> <laughs> that might be a topic for another day, right there. <laughs> but but now, having said that, and uh, and, and I'm probably, excuse me for digressing because some of these uh, state questions you're asking are not simple answers to me, mm -hmm. and I think what what happens is we get the simple answer without the substance answer, mm -hmm. and we run with it as if somehow it is the answer. No backdrop uh, to, to how this thing came and, and the reason that it existed. Then we accept what we see to be the truth of, of the matter. Um, Joseph had no idea what was happening to him. Mm. None at all. None. So when I look back at Joseph and I think, wow, this is great. I must be like Joseph. No, you got an idea of what you want to do. You're not like Joseph. Joseph was the embodiment of the deliverance of Israel. Mm -hmm, he mm -hmm. woke up one day 
not trying to be Joseph. Right. You know, you know, he was he was Joe. <laughs> his daddy, he was his daddy's son, and and uh his daddy kind of favored him. The sibling rivalry occurred. Uh these boys had no idea they were developing Joseph mm. to be a leader. They had no idea. That was sibling rivalry. They hated him because his daddy seemed the favorite. Mm -hmm. Everybody that is being used, every purpose on the planet that is going to go into actuality, the person has to be developed. So if I can, let's look at kingdom development. Mm -hmm. Kingdom development is discovering eternal value, not external worth, eternal value, not transitory, temporary, ephemeral value, eternal value. Every one of us have eternal value. And it will not be discovered until we are allowed ourselves to be developed. So kingdom development is discovering eternal value by expanding, learning to be open, patiently maturing to experience necessary transformations. Wow. We call them changes. <laughs> mm. I ain't going through that many changes. Well, then you're going to stop your development. Mm. Look, when you came home from the hospital, you went through some change. Somebody had to change your diet. Changes is something, changes are things that are going to happen to us from the time we are born to the time we leave the planet. If you stop changing, you stop growing. You're stuck where you are unless you're willing to change. Kingdom development is progress. Change, acceptance, accepted is progress. Change, rejected is not pro progress. Develop, kingdom development is progress realized by embracing the principles. Pressure, pressure, yeah, pressure, embrace it, embrace it. Strength is measured by resistance against effort. You have no strength if you haven't mastered resisting the pressure. Can you get on your back and push up 30 pounds, okay? Then you've mastered that. You've mastered that resistance against your push. You want to get to 250? You got to master 50. You got to master 75. You stop at 75, you'll never get to 250. Mm. Then your development is always equal to the pressure you're willing to overcome. If you don't want to overcome it, nobody will truly understand your true purpose. What was Joseph's pressure? His brothers. Mm. They didn't like him. <laughs> one of them wanted to kill him. Mm-hmm. Let's let's kill him. And and thank God one of them had some sense. No, let's don't do that. Come on now. He is our brother after right, all. Right. <laughs> Came out of mama's womb. But I don't like him just like you. Let, let's drop him in a pit. Wow. I thought he liked it. Well, he didn't kill him. <laughs> he dropped him in a pit. Then somebody had a an, an epiphany. Well, hey, we forgot about Joseph. There's some uh, there's some Egyptians over there. Let's pull him out of the pit and sell him to them slave human trafficking could be but it's it's not potiphar had the good sense of judgment to understand value when he saw it. Mm. this young man is valuable i don't know how god's grace was upon him his favors upon him he saw his real value so if somebody is looking to capitalize on god's purpose in your life and they don't see your value they can never do it mm. They can never do it. Now, don't be confused if they don't let you do what you want to do to think that they don't see your value. Are you with me? Perception is reality to perceive it. But you can't perceive 
what your trainer sees in you. You're not the trainer, you're the trainee. Mm. And so, and, and listen, and don't be thinking because you're a trainee that <laughs> every question in your mind has got to be answered by that person. I remember my mama saying to me, my daddy said to me one time, I said, uh, but why do I got to do that? He said, because I said so. <laughs> I said, what? He said, did you not understand me? Yes, sir. I got it. Right. That's enough. <laughs> it's done. Yes, sir. And you know what? After doing that several times, I see why he wanted. I saw why he wanted me to do it. I thought, man, my daddy pretty smart. Uh, and, and and that is true. He was, but more than him being pretty smart, what he was trying to get me to develop, mm -hmm. so that I wouldn't make the mistakes he made. Mm -hmm. But he couldn't mm -hmm. see it. Wax on, wax off. Mm -hmm. What's the purpose of waxing this car? It ain't. So you can have a shiny car, right? <laughs> you right. know, you want to learn karate, mm -hmm. wax on, wax on. So this developmental thing, Joseph had no idea. Prayers were made before Joseph got there. Mm. They were stuck <clears throat> in a place because of their ancestors' disobedience. 430 years trapped in Egypt. This is the generation that's going to get them out of Egypt. Finally, what happened was 400 and some years before that. Mm. All of the pain, the misery, and the suffering. Joseph is promoted to assist in a prophecy, in a prayer being answered. He has no idea. His brothers don't even know. So sometimes when we look back at these biblical accountings of the demonstration of purpose without understanding what happened before that, we can celebrate Joseph and not God's promise. Mm. That's good. Because I'm, I'm looking at this. this. This young boy was 17 years old when yes. we first understood his age and his father had him reporting back on his brothers. Now, yes. I, I know that had to make his older brothers upset, right? A snitch. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you, you, you basically are our, our, our governance, you know, essentially you going to, daddy got you checking us out, you know, and, uh, like a, an operations guy, if you will. Um, and 17 years old, but that's prep for that development to lead at a, as a young man, when he got in Egypt, you know. So what happened after after he got in Potiphar's house and, you know, got settled in there? Yeah, a little bit more pressure. Um, so Potiphar's wife accused Joseph of attempted rape. <laughs> Joseph was put in prison. Um, and again, the Lord, the Lord, the Bible says that the Lord was with him. Uh, Joseph um, was made head over the prison. Joseph interprets dreams for the dis disgraced palace workers, the cupbearer, and or the butler. What? Wait a minute, man. did you hear what you said? He was what? made in charge over the prisoners. Oh, did I not? Did I not? No, I'm just saying. Like, imagine that happening today. You know, uh, you know how we have the expression "the inmates running the asylum." That's that's like a horrible thing. But yeah, in this, he was he was given authority even as a prisoner. So he went from a slave to a prisoner and still, because God was with him, the Lord was with him, and he was still being prepped. Like Pastor said, he didn't understand, but he didn't fight it either. You know, at least that we don't know about. Yeah. And as a godly man, if I ever go to prison, I hope the Lord is with me so that I will be over to I prison. Don't, I hope you don't go to prison. <laughs> uh, okay. What else happened? Okay. Yes. Because this, I think this is where people get, get the belief that Joseph was somehow this grand interpreter of dreams and this grand 
profit. This is what he, this was his main. And I think it, it comes from this situation. So um, the cupbearer or the butler and you had the baker and they both had dreams. And Joseph interpreted both their dreams, basically saying that, listen, cupbearer, you're going to live. You're going to be restored. And the butler, yeah, you're going to get impaled. You mean the baker? Oh, yeah, the baker. What did I say? The butler? Mm -hmm. No, he didn't <laughs> die, but hallelujah. Yeah, the, the baker, however. Um, anyways, um, and Joseph asked the butler to remember him, but he didn't until two years later when Pharaoh had a bad dream. And the cupbearer's like, wait a minute. I know a guy. He in jail, but I know him. He good. He a good man. He is two years man. two years after that two years past the two years that you you know you've been in here and you know that guy's been restored and you know that it was you god working through you to interpret that and, and, and he's restored and you you say hey remember me and yet you still there at this point joseph is getting some idea mm -hmm. that this is divine intervention he's not really clear yet but he keeps seeing these favorable situations open up because of him somehow. He doesn't fully understand I'm connected to God and this dream, this vision, this purpose for me being here at Potiphar's house, escaping an accusation of rape, getting into prison, becoming a ward in the prison now, the, the, the keeper finding favor with me and, and, and helping me, and then uh, a couple of my inmate buddies have these dreams and I'm able to tell them, interpret these dreams. See, all these things are important and if we can examine them, I don't know how much time we got, but we can examine each one of these things in the light of Israel's recovery. Mm. Everything you see happening to Joseph is not for Joseph. Mm. It's for Israel. Mm -hmm. So we celebrate Joseph as if somehow he's a superhero. You know, the, the Justice League of America. That's why we want Superman. So we don't have to be men. Mm -hmm. You know, we, we don't have to chip in. Hey, Superman, take care of that. You know, uh, the the only super that we have is the supernatural, like Samson. You know, God comes on an ordinary man and he does extraordinary stuff. Mm -hmm. And that's what happens to us. Joseph is going through some extraordinary things. Do you realize he's not depressed? Wow. He's not on Prozac. He's mm -hmm. he's he's carrying out his duties and, and make no mistake about it. He is hurt and disappointed. Mm -hmm. Two years ago, I told this guy and he told me he would. So now Joseph has got to get over himself to stay in the game. Mm -hmm. Two years later. Now, we, we say that almost like tongue in cheek, like, well, you know, it's two years. Oh, whoa, whoa, wait a minute. How long you been waiting on God? Three months? Mm. And you're complaining, you're ready to quit the church. Mm. You don't want to be on nobody's team. Mm. Uh, you, you, They're not moving fast enough for you. Two years. Now, you ain't even in prison. You don't even have to go to church if you don't want to. You can join another church. Joseph didn't have the privilege of not going. He didn't have the privilege of not being a prisoner. When you have been selected by God for the deliverance of his people, you lose all of your personal rights. Now, everything you got now is a privilege. And you have to understand, you can't take uh, onus for anything at this point. Joseph finally is realizing 
is finally coming to him. Wow. There's something bigger here than this pie I want. I don't know what it is, but something's getting ready to happen. So two years later, the door opens. Mm. Joseph is grateful, not to just get out of prison now, but to finally understand what the last few years of his life and the hellacious situation he's been in, this stuff seems to make sense now. Mm -hmm. And that's what we're supposed to learn from Joseph. Not that, you know, Joseph had a dream, he interpreted a dream, he he was just a, a wonderful little guy and God used him. And, and so I'm going to pray a Joseph blessing on you. <laughs> Are you sure? I know that's right. Are you sure? Now? He was he was 17 years old mm. when he got this. And how old was he when this thing finally realized? 30. 30 years of age. All right? Are y'all hearing this? 30 years of age. This stuff finally, you sure you want me to pray Joseph's blessing on you? <laughs> Miss me with that prayer. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, anyway it's, it's, so you're right. It, it culminates. He gets, you know, the baker, I mean, the butler, excuse me, finally remembers it. And, you know, and Pharaoh has his dream. He's able to interpret it. And it's almost like Pharaoh's eyes was like, wait a minute. Hmm. Who, who are we going to put in charge over this? Why not put the guy who's obviously in touch with God? You know? <laughs> This is what Pharaoh was telling his guys. So then he made the decree. Hey, I'm Pharaoh, but nothing happens without you. And this, you're going to guide us through this whole thing. And I'm I'm just, I'm listening to you talk about development. I'm thinking about at 17 years old. And I imagine even earlier that the Bible doesn't account that that Jacob is probably sending Joseph to watch his brothers. Yeah. And, and uh, he's prepping him to be able to do this now with nations, not just one nation. Yes. But nations around coming and having to be and him having to organize this and operationally put it in place and say, this is what we're going to do. This is how we're going to do it. So we're going to be in position to now even help. And then he realized, like you said, he was starting to discover it. And then I believe it's chapter 45 uh, when he said he when he finally got his brothers there and he said, to you, oh, you know what? I'm, I'm revealing who I am. Don't be afraid because. God put me out in front of you to preserve your life. Preserve your life. And I was like, wow. That's when it, it, it hit me that it hit him. Like, yeah. all these things for 13 years that I've been going through weren't about me. Yeah. They weren't about me. And, and it was about being in position that God needed me to be in. And I obviously had to, had to deal with some things in order to get in that position. But then, I mean, this... Joseph lived to be 110 years old. Yeah. So he had 80 more years wow. to serve. To celebrate. And celebrate it yeah. and, and be in a position. And, and he went from slavery, prison, to when he ultimately passed, to being embalmed like a, like a pharaoh. Yeah. Isn't that amazing? That's amazing. To me. How long have you been at the ministry? Oh. 24 years. Okay. So 24 years ago, you were a child coming to the ministry. So you're going through all the things that a child would go through. You're, you're getting older. You're a young adult. You're still here. All these things, your degree is from the University of Michigan. Michigan. Yes, sir. Masters, right? Yes, sir. In what? In... Operations and organizational leadership. In operations and organizational leadership. 
there's no way in the world, uh, Marcellus, that you grew up, got connected, went to college, came back. There's no way you would have thought that you would have been helping us preserve life in a global pandemic. Mm -mm. All that training. And I would imagine that sometimes, you, you know, you, you just you just like everybody else, you got frustrated. You know, man, why are you doing it that way? Uh, surely this would be better. And watching people do what you were trained to do, not doing it with the <laughs> level of your training, and yet at the same time working with them. Mm. Going through that, and then finally, God says to you, we need you. Because a million people have died. And we want to make sure that in this area that nobody else's life is lost. Mm. And so you have to put together something operational. You, you with me? So that purpose was not determined when you went into college. Right, right. You had something in mind, but you turned, you had something else in mind. I had nothing like this in mind. I went, I started as an engineering student. Wow. And that, <laughs> that didn't work. Let me just say that. And it, for some reason, I just didn't like it. I was good in math, good in science. I didn't like it. I didn't enjoy it. Um, and I, my grades started reflecting it. And then when I changed course and I actually prayed, when I came back to, to Flint from Ann Arbor and I said, Lord, I, something's got to change. Because hmm. right now I'm, <laughs> I'm like a, this was the guy that was supposed to be excelling academically and now I'm struggling. Hmm. He was like, well, you didn't ask me what to do. Hmm. <laughs> you didn't ask me. You didn't. You just went on the path that people told you you should be on, and 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 it's and the, the 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 ironic thing is, Pastor. You know, we've been I've been through some things here, you know, that I won't I won't delve into details, but things that try you, and it was the leaders. The reason why uh, Justice asked a question in in our meeting prep, why didn't Joseph quit? Hmm. And I thought about it. Why did not Why didn't I quit? Well, it was the I started to understand. I started to get inkling, right? I had a meeting with you and, and Lady Fran. I'll never forget. And I started to understand. I said, wow, pastor really believes in me. And I was like, well, I want to leave that. <laughs> you know, it was, I had no idea why. I had no idea where it was going. And it was just starting to understand piece by piece how this thing was going was gonna to work out. And uh, I still don't know exactly where everything is going. And I'm not, but now I'm not trying to. Right. No, exactly. I, what I do know is when I'm told to do something by God or God's oracle, I need to just do it. That's what I learned. And I was like, if you can just do that, the things that you want and desire, those dreams that you have, because there's nothing wrong with dreams, but they'll come yeah. when you when you get in that purpose that you're supposed to be in. Yeah, They'll start to come chase you down. Those yes. dreams that you were chasing, you don't have to chase them because they're going to come overtake you. Yeah. And the uh, 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 I know I've, I've heard you say that before in, in service, and I, that's so real to me now, just being in this at this age. And it's like, man, I'm just starting to, and even sometimes now it's like, okay, man, Pastor, I ain't got to do everything, you know what I'm saying? But I ne you never heard me say that to you. Right. I'm never going to. Right. Yes, sir. We get it taken care of because I understand that there's a reason why you asked me, there's a reason why you trusted me. And part of that reason is you know that I'm gonna get it done, and that and that that trust and that that is invaluable to me. And it's and it's uh it's something that 
Now, I, I have to be honest and say, if I can't do something, I have to say, Pastor, I can't do it. Right. Because that allows you to go in a different direction right. and right. say, okay, we got to take a different turn. But but just looking at that parallel from, from how Joseph went from young, and I was a, just a couple years older than he was when I started here. I think I was 19. And, yeah. uh, you know, it was just, it's just wow. You know, and, I, and I'm hoping that I'm able to, to do some of the same things with justice as far as just helping guide because he's got so much more at a younger age than, than, than I had because he's been, and I was developed and early and I had great people in my life, but he's had just so much knowledge and, and wisdom yeah. because as we grow and with the, and the Holy spirit, we learn more and he's got so much in him. So I know that, He'll understand his purpose probably a lot sooner than than we were yeah. able to. Yeah, and and that'll only help him. But you know, we we gotta be there as obviously grandfather and, and just a mentor to just help you along the way. But but tell me what you think about about all that that we just said. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um. Here's what I think. I think that at least to a lot of young people and to me included in that um, development is not easy at all. There's a lot of pressure, especially, you know, when you trying to get them words up on the screen and Lady Fran comes running back. <laughs> like, Where the words at? I'm like, I don't, I can't, I can't do this. <laughs> she came back there once she or did. two. <laughs> in her high heels. I Dan, I'm sorry. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I feel Anyways, um, and you know, just all of the things that are going on right now, you know, I'm driving a old beat up Dodge Charger that's literally about to die. It's, it's like, I'm done. When are you going to just put me down? Cause I'm ready. Um, and all of this other stuff, you know, um, a lot of pressure from him, you, my dad, you know, everywhere you go, it's just like, but one thing I think my dad said is, I don't know maybe it was you pressure creates diamonds the more pressure is interesting how this works on the earth the more pressure you got it if um it wasn't a lot of pressure you got a lot of carbon built up it's just going to be cold it's going to be you know but the more pressure you get closer your chances are at becoming a diamond and i don't embrace pressure i don't i don't <laughs> nobody wants it you know <laughs> but if i want to be that diamond if I want to be that gemstone, then it's just, you got to, you got to accept it. You got to embrace it. And, uh, that's all. So, so you, you, you embrace it. You just ain't looking for it. I ain't looking for it. Yeah. <laughs> you ain't it chasing it down. You ain't comes. chasing it. Right. I'm not chasing it. But when, if you don't embrace it, when it comes, you won't develop. Mm. Right. You know? And so th there's this opportunity. I was thinking about you the other day. Uh, somebody was asking me, I can't remember a political camp. I can't remember who it was. Um, I think it was Matt, Matthew Smith. Um, how is justice? I said, he is developing. He said, development. I said, yep, he's developing. And he didn't have a clue <laughs> what I was talking about. Uh, I could look at it on his face and he just kind of changed the subject, moved something else. And people that are not developed or developing can appreciate somebody developing. They always believe that they're where they need to be. 
they've arrived and this is it. Uh, I'm always looking for opportunities of improvement. You, you, you follow what I'm saying? I, I, I don't need to read the Bible another time. Hmm. Yeah, I don't really need to, but I miss something. I miss something. So let me go back, read it one more time and then one more time. So you, you're in a position, Justice, that is unique. Uh, it is advantageous. It's promising. You realize that you got a mentor that's gone to the University of Michigan, a master's degree. God has used to get a people through a pandemic that is literally killing people. And, and not only did he survive this thing, but he's got a list of people that have made it because of that operations. And so while it may seem sometimes there's too many, what, what, what people used to say, too much red tape. <laughs> it's a big box. It's going to need a lot of tape. You, <laughs> you know what? It's been just over a year since I was, I think, uh, well, it'll be a year uh, tomorrow since I got my clean bill of health from uh, fighting COVID. Mm. Um, and, uh, and I remember, uh, <laughs> this is, I told this story on the, sh on the show before, so I won't go into it, but I just remember hearing that song by Myron Sapp, my testimony. And he said, I'm so glad I made it. Mm. And I knew right then when I heard it, I said, you've made it already. You just got to believe it. You got to stand on that. You know, as sick as I was and I wasn't eating and, and, uh, it was just like when I heard that it, it something clicked. And it was like, oh, you you made it already. The promise is already there. Mm. And so you got you got more work to do. That's what I that's what I kept thinking. I said, I don't know, it's not my time. But you, you know, this thing start to run through your mind. And because and I like how you had the session on Friday because mentally that was the most challenging thing for me. Physically mm. I was hurting, but mentally I was because I wasn't sleeping and I was fatigued and I just I couldn't sleep even though I was tired and so my mind was just going, I'm like, man, I need to write a will. You know, I'm thinking all these things in my mind. And finally, when I heard that song, it was like the Holy Spirit said, okay, listen to what it's saying. I already made this path for you. I already made this way. And so I got a whole different, you know, revelation on, on, on faith and, and healing after that, because I guess I had never really had the big deal, you know, for me personally mm -hmm. that I had dealt with. But then for God to show up and say, oh, I got you. Mm. Don't worry about it. It's just light affliction. Mm. You know, light affliction. And uh, Justice, you got a question for Pastor. Though. Yeah. Last question. Um, how do you walk in purpose when you don't know your purpose? Like, how do you, how can you realize what your purpose is? That was a, a simple thing for me after a while. <laughs> <laughs> after so many errors and blunders you know uh, my wife lady friend was the first teacher on purpose I ever heard long before miles mm. she did a two three a three teaching series on on purpose and I thought wow she got some she got some I wish I would have grabbed it when she did it this had to be in the, I think, mid-80s. Yeah. 
And um, I said, wow, she got something. But, but, but I didn't, I don't know. It, it was, and then somewhere in the 90s, Miles Monroe came on the scene with his message on purpose. I looked at her, I said, he's teaching you a message. She said, yeah, but it really isn't mine. And I said, okay, he's saying what you said. <laughs> she said, yeah. I said, man, and so I just started, I got, got a lot of this stuff and started listening to it and reading it. I'm like, friend, this is amazing. God had showed you this. So how do you discover that? I think, and I don't think, I, I know you, you got to, first of all, know that you're not your own. You've been bought with a price. Again, the chair doesn't determine its purpose. The creator of the chair gave the chair a purpose. We take advantage of that purpose when we sit in it. So when, when, when somebody says, what's my purpose, what is your utility? What are you going to do? How are you going to help? How are you going to fit in? Uh, and I think God has to tell you that. Mm. He sets the members in the body as it pleases him. Mm. And at any given point, what you do then is you do what God said until he reveals to you how he wants you to do it. You get plugged into a church. You, you get a pastor. You, you uh, listen to your parents. <laughs> you know, pay attention if you're a, a sports person, pay attention to the coach. Mm. Uh, all of these are set in motion to help you develop not, again, uh, play on words, your purpose. Remember, you're not your own. You've been bought with a price. When I say your purpose, what is God's purpose for you? That's why it's your purpose. It's not your, what God's, pur what God's plan is for you is not my purpose. You follow what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So when he tells you what he wants you to do, then your purpose is getting clear. You're moving in the direction of where you're saying to God, okay, all right, I want, I'm going to do that. So for me, it was going back to the beginning and realizing that God wanted people saved. He, want, he didn't want anybody else to end up in hell. He wanted me to work with him to free people from hell. Okay. I wasn't a pastor or a minister or none of that. I was just a guy in the church. And uh, I remember driving by this school one day and I saw all these kids out there playing. I'm like, I wonder if they go to church. So after several trips like that, uh, Fred said, where are you going? I said, I'm going over here. Look at all these people out here. Uh, we, we, it was in the summer. We're going to church and they're not even going to church. What's up with that? So we went down to the, uh, to the place, uh, after church and they were gone then, <laughs> you know? Mm. So I said, okay, I missed that. So, um, it's summer. So I got off work one day and they were down in the, in the, in the, in the playing area. I said, oh, let me go down there. You know, I played a little bit of basketball, tennis. So I said, let me, let me take up some, pick up some games. And so I went, went over to the younger kids. I said, Hey, um, you know, just got a rapport with them. Guess what? In about two weeks, the church van was going over to this park, picking up children. They had to make two trips because there was so many. Mm. Okay. All right. 
I see this now. God truly wants us to share him with people. I'm not a pastor. I'm not a minister. I'm nobody. I'm a member of the church, fresh off the streets. Uh, but these these children, and then all of a sudden, the teenagers, they just start following me. And we didn't have youth ministry, children's ministry, none of that. We had a church. And I guess maybe I was their youth minister. I didn't know it at that time. Uh, but I, I, I took care of them. I went back to, hey, man, is everything okay? I didn't see you Sunday. We, we missed you. We came. Yeah, and I was so-and-so, so-and-so. And then my wife really uh, got got connected to this thing. She wanted to give dirty children baths and, and came home, man, there was in my bathtub. Yeah. And then one came home one day, a lady was in the bed. Mm. I'm like, what's she doing in our bed? <laughs> I could have I could have came in the bedroom and started taking my clothes off. <laughs> you, you gotta give me a heads up. Right. You gotta give me a heads up. <laughs> she said, okay. You you mad? I said, no, I'm not mad. It's just, just give me a heads up. So uh that's how I believe when I tapped into what God loved, people. When I tapped into God, who God was seeking, hurting people, I discovered eternal purpose. Are you with me? I didn't. I, I didn't know I was going to be a pastor. Mm -hmm. you, you follow what I'm saying? But I knew God loved these people, and uh, and I met some opposition. I did, man. When those children first got, I think that's why friends started giving them bath. They were stinking. They smelled, man, and and I, I heard overheard one of the deacons talking about me. We think he's bringing stinking, dirty little kids in this church. Now I'm 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 off the street. I'm thinking, wow, really? I got so mad, man. I walked out. Of, I walked out of church. And I didn't come back in. And so, friend said, well, you, where, "Where'd you go? You can't be just not going to church." I said, "I was here." She said, "But you wasn't in here." I said, "I know it." She said, "Well, what's wrong?" I said, "I'm I'm angry. Deacon so and so was talking about me and the nasty, dirty children we're bringing to church." She said, what? I'm going to tell the pastor. I said, you ain't got to do that. She said, oh, yes, I am. I said, well, you do whatever you want to do. Uh, and you know what? I didn't pick nobody up the next week. Mm. Those children suffered because I got offended. Mm. Mm. And the Holy Spirit said, you can't do that. Go get those children. One week, uh, <laughs> the deacon decided that... Uh, he was, he was in charge of, of, of treasure for maintenance and, that's, and that sort of stuff. Well, the, the tires on the, on the van had become bald almost. And we were, you know, driving these children around. And uh, he decided to buy some drums. And I said, you can't do that. He said, who are you talking to? I said, excuse me, sir. I, I didn't mean it that way. I said, do you see these tires and we're bringing these children? Well, he was one of the guys that was in chorus with these dirty children coming to church. So, oh, well, I'm buying, I'm buying the drums. Mm. I said, wow. Okay. So I went to the pastor. I said, pastor, how do you like Sunday school? We doubled the attendance in Sunday school. I, I, he said, it's great. You're doing a good job, Brother Brown. I said, well, they won't be coming next Sunday. He said, well, why not? You, you, you're going to be out of town. You can't get them. I said, no, I'm going to be here. He said, well, what do you mean? I said, Pastor, would you come outside with me? Look at these tires. He said, wow. Wow. Well, let's get some tires. I said, well, let's do it. He looked at me. I said, you want me to buy? 
He said, no, nah, bro, bro, I'm just playing with you. We're going to get some ties. I'm, I'm, I'm going to speak Deacon so I said, I already talked to him. He said, well, what's wrong? He told me what going to do. He's going to buy a drum set. He said, he's going to do what? <laughs> so he said, he's going to buy a drum set. He said, uh, I'll take care of everything. Well, they bought the drum set and the tires. Pastor stepped in. So purpose is not an elusive target. You just got to get with God. Find out what he wants and how you fit in. Mm. Find out what he wants. I told you last week, purpose was the master plan, right? That's the that's the master's plan. <laughs> and, uh, man, we could go on and on. And I know because uh, we – I mean, we had a bunch we, we could get to. But, Pastor, you kind of said, way we are, we are very much hoping to get Lady Fran on next for our, to be our yeah, next I guest. Yeah, I think you should. And uh, – <laughs> And so you you gave her a perfect introduction. So I know you all will be looking forward to that. But uh, Justice, why don't you send us off? Tell people how they can reach us. Oh, I thought you had a scripture or something. Well, uh, I'm getting ready to close. Yes. Praise God. Put me some organ behind me when no, I said that. No, don't do that. <laughs> I done taught him too much now. Yeah. <laughs> See, is that that app? Mm. <laughs> oh, that's the pressure. Anyways, uh, yes, so uh, you can uh, reach us at khmsocialmedia at gmail.com. Gmail us your, email us your questions, or you can put it down in the comments below. Any questions you might have or potential topic ideas. And don't forget to like this video, comment under here, anything you want, as long as it's not profane or nothing. You know, we just talked about purpose. So there's a purpose for the comment section. Amen. 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 Use it wisely. <laughs> Hallelujah. And uh, make sure you subscribe. I think, how many subscribers are we at? I don't know, but where, what platforms are we on? Platform. Oh, right, because this is a podcast. Right. So we are not only on YouTube, but you can catch us on Spotify. You can catch us on Google Podcast, and you can catch us on Apple Podcast. Just search up the takeover. You might have to do the takeover with Marcellus and Justice. See, I set it up that way. Not Justice and Marcellus, Marcellus and Justice, First because Marcellus thing. needs. Thank you, justice. Pastor, for joining <laughs> us. We appreciate our guests. I do want to close with one scripture. Proverbs 13, uh, verse 19 says, It is pleasant to see dreams come true, but mm. fools refuse to turn from evil to attain them. Mm. Again, wow. dreams are not bad, but if you're doing, if you're chasing them at all costs, you might be a fool. Mm. You might be a fool. With that, God bless you. Till we see you next next time. Take care. We love you.